Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters. We are the Reformed Dissenters for the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined as usual by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And today is Discussion Topic Friday. It's been a while since I've said those words, but I am excited that I get to say them now. We're back, we're discussing things, and it's a Friday, so welcome to the weekend, everyone. Um, yeah, we got a lot going on today. The plan, the plan is to continue our uh, series of episodes talking about America's poisoned heart. We began this um, the beginning of last month. And uh, we've gone through the entire series. We wrapped up last month by talking about uh, how Horace Mann, by creating the government indoctrination camps, some people call public schools, actually caused the demise of the family. And uh, today, <clears throat> we're going to be taking a softball, you know, just not hitting it as hard. Psych! We're talking about prosperity and America's affection of prosperity. And oh boy, that's going to hurt. That doesn't hurt. We probably did something wrong because pretty much anybody today, this should cut right to the heart. So um, before we do all that, though, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. Our verse this week is Psalm 34 verses one through three. This passage says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And that's Psalm 34 verses 1 through 3. I used this passage on Monday to discuss the importance of not Honestly, to put it in other words, not separating the sacred and the secular, right? Not saying, okay, I'm going to glorify God on Sundays. Maybe glorify him in the mornings before I go to church for or before I go to work. I'll glorify him in my devotions and I'll glorify him at night when I get back from work and maybe on the weekends. Hey, that's a lot of hours. Oh, that, that adds <laughs> up. You know, look at those evening, morning hours. You got all day Sunday, maybe... Maybe let's throw Saturday in the mix. It's a lot of hours, ain't it? Well, it ain't enough. hate to tell you. Um, We are supposed to love the Lord thy God with all our what? With all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every single part of our being. Do we stop having strength or a mind or a soul or a heart when we get to work? Some people might act like it, but no. In reality, we don't. Right? Um, do we stop having a heart, a soul, a mind, or strength when we get home from work? Again, some people may act like it, but no, you don't. You always have those four elements. That is what you are. That is what God made you to be. And if you're supposed to love God with all of that, then the argument goes, logically it follows, that as long as you have those things, as long as you possess those things, you are you should be loving God with them. That doesn't stop during the workday. And so this psalm is a call to action. Extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always, should always be on your lips. Glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice, right? Lest you think this is all just, oh, in your face, you know, like, come on, do this thing. It's... 
let the afflicted hear and rejoice, right? That tells you how we're glorifying the Lord. The people who are, who are downtrodden, who are without hope, who are, are, are sinking beneath despair and also hopelessness, like they have no point in their lives. What am I supposed to do? What's, what's the, the will of the universe, right? Those people should see you glorifying God, right? And then it says, let the afflicted hear you and rejoice. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear me. Let them hear me and let them rejoice, <laughs> right? Glor- and let them glorify the Lord with me. That's the next part, right? You glorify the Lord with me. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. Let's glorify the Lord together. Let us exalt his name together, right? This is the, the full picture. First of all, you, let's go. Get to work. You and your own heart, think about how you glorify the Lord. Secondly, do it so much and so often and so vibrantly that everyone around you says, whoa, that's incredible. That makes me so joyful. That, that lifts my spirits. I want to get to work too. I want to do that too. And then, and then you turn to them, you turn to everyone around you and you say, let's go. Let's together exalt the Lord. That's this passage. Three verses. And in a nutshell, that's what they're getting. That's why I love this passage. So cool. All right. So let's get into our discussion topic for today. So America's poison heart, excuse me. I don't have a poison heart. Just got a poison throat. Uh, America's poisoned heart. <laughs> and we've dry got this throat. for, what's that? A dry throat. Yeah, right. Dry throat. That's right. Just poisoned by lack of water. Um, <laughs> we've called this her affection for prosperity, her affection for prosperity. Um, and so we kind of want to kick things off by talking about how covenants work. Say what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how covenants work. So uh, one of our favorite books, I think, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, Jake, but I think one of our favorite books that we've read has been The Confessional County by Raymond Simmons. Am, mm-hmm. I, am I right? Did Pretty I good. It? It's okay. up there. It's up there. It is up there. What's your, what's your favorite book been so far? What do you think? Uh, if you're talking purely theological book, I would have to say Heaven Misplaced. Oh, that well, one we was on the show yet. On the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, on the show, on the show. On the show. But yes, that's uh, Well, then it would have to be Confessional County. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. That or Christian nationalism, not by Wolf, but by... Torba. Uh, Torba. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Those are both very good books. Um, but Confessional County, that whole concept, right, was that a nation can covenant before God, make covenant with God, right? A nation as a unit can confess before God that it is a Christian nation. And when they do that, what are they doing? They're entering into a covenant with God. Now, that's a solemn oath with with blessings for obedience, cursings for disobedience, right? So there's both those things involved. It's an oath. And we as America, no matter how much the left today wants to rewrite history and throw out everything that's factually accurate, you know, like they deal with literally everything else in life. We were a Christian nation. Now that just doesn't go away the moment we decide we're not anymore. Okay. Look at what happened to Israel. They decided hundreds of times throughout their history as a nation that they were no longer a Christian nation, but God kept dragging them back. He said, no, you're Mm -hmm. still in covenant with me, no matter how much you don't want to be. 
right? And that was a great blessing. The nation, the, the generation of people that woke up and said, yeah, okay, that's our bad. We're so sorry. We are in covenant with you. Um, what should we do? Oh, we turn back to your law. Okay, let's do that for about 10 years or so. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> right? And then over and over again. But what, what happened? Did they immediately just get ejected from the covenant because they, you know, said, no, we're not a Christian nation anymore? No, God didn't let them loose. That's a solemn oath with the creator of the universe that is not broken easily. And you have to remember, Israel was a Christian nation uh, per covenant with God for thousands of years, <laughs> right? Hundreds, if not thousands of years, okay? We've been a Christian nation for a little less than 250 years, okay? So the idea that we've just you know, decided to break covenant with God and he's just let us off the hook. And so there's no more blessings. There's no more cursings for, uh, you know, there's no reciprocated um, agreement, no covenant anymore. That's false, completely false. You don't just decide that overnight. And so, and so you have to understand that in order to actually understand what's going wrong with our nation today, right? Um, Jake, did you want to talk a little bit about the, how prosperity is a blessing from God and how that's not something that we should despise. That's not something that's evil. Yeah. So good times are, are good times. Like when we talk mm. about prosperity, what are we talking about? We're talking about our, our grass is growing abundantly. Our, our food supply is amazing. You know, our, our monetary and income, our um, financial situation, our economics are, are doing very well. Those types of things are doing well, very well. Our trade with other countries, things are going well, and that's why we would call them good times. And good times are good. You know, we should like good times. God's, God says that we, we want to be blessed. Blessed are you. Blessings are a good thing. Blessings are a very good thing. How we respond to blessings is where we have issues. Um, but we have seen that type of prosperity throughout our nation through the, its, its amazing and abundant production. Um, we see how fast our nation grew in mm. so many few years to the size yeah. that we are today to where within those 200 or so years or, or since, since the beginning of America – the the very long, uh, not not a whole long time. It, everyone considers America a new country, yeah. um, newer ish compared to all the other countries. Yeah, we're the, um, we're the new kid on the block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. we are one of the most powerful. Or was one of the most powerful. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that that totally speaks to the fact that God blesses us in multiple ways when we. Uh, acknowledge him as Lord uh, through the entire country, and we did for yeah. for years. Yeah. And so, and that's not even something unique to us, right? Like this yeah. idea of blessings. Yeah. Um, Israel throughout their history, we talked about this um, actually last Christmas time. The blessing of a beautiful inheritance, right? And if you go to trdshow.net and you look up that title, you'll find that episode. Um, by the way, I had to plug the the website a little bit um since uh we did get another video yet another video banned on youtube for crying out <laughs> loud so if you're not already on trdshow.net please follow us there or you won't get our content sorry it's not our choice that's 
That's big tech's choice. <laughs> so your choice is we have it for free on our own platform. Um, yeah, and we talked about in the blessings of a beautiful inheritance, we talked about how Israel was blessed with all of these incredible things, right? They were given jewels. They were given beautiful houses. They were given um, crops. They were given just all of these things that Jacob just talked about. And God describes how he found, um, he says it like this. He found someone, uh, a woman who was on the side of the road, who had no clothes and was in the rain and was scratched up and scarred and in horrible condition. And he clothed her. He took care of her. He healed her. He fed her. He gave her a magnificent mansion. He gave her jewels. He gave her incredible food. He gave her honey. He gave her this. He gave her that over and over and over again, right? It's a whole massive chapter in the book of Ezekiel talking about everything that God gave to Israel. And that wasn't wrong. If it came from God, could it be wrong? No, right? Those were good, good things. And just like Jacob outlined, we in America received the same blessings for a time. They were good, good things. God blessed us. But <laughs> as so often happens, we forgot, right? We took those incredible blessings. We took everything that God graciously gave to us. And instead of showing our thankfulness to him, we said, whoa, look what we did. Look at that. And then you get American ex exceptionalism. Look at how great America is, the good old US of A. And that's when the generation came along that said, the American flag is beautiful. Don't let it touch the ground. Meanwhile, the Bible's where? No, it's, it's not even in sight. We went through Boy Scouts. I went through Boy Scouts for eight years. You did five years, Jake? Six years? Yeah. Something like and that? Not very long. No. Not very okay, long. Okay, no, not, not super long. But we went to camp and we were in flag ceremonies and we did all these things. And you fold it special way and you don't let it touch the ground. If it's beaten and battered, there's a special ceremony for it. All this stuff, right? Another word for that is idolatry, right? Mm -hmm. But what is it we're, we're, we're idolizing? Well, they'll be quick to say, no, it's not the flag itself. It's what it represents. Ah, what does it represent? It represents as if as if that's any worse. <laughs> as if that's better. As if yeah. that's any better. I'm sorry. Yeah. As if that's yeah. any better. Somehow that's that's better, right? No. It represents their ability to stay in strong, right? We've written all these songs. We've written all of these things about how great America is, right? Mm -hmm. But do we ever give credit to the one that actually made it great? No, we have literally become Israel. That's what we've done because we're ungrateful to the one who actually made us great. And so, mm -hmm. so as Doug Wilson likes to say, our affections are way unordered, right? Is it wrong to have affection for your country, for your nation? No, no, that's not wrong. In fact, that's one of the great things that Stephen Wolf did in his book was he did talk about how that's not wrong. And he brought up a lot of biblical answers for why that's a good thing. Okay. So sure. Hmm. That's not always wrong. But when you take that affection for your nation and you elevate it above your affection for God, that's when things become wrong. That's Ooh. when it's sin. So I did, I do want to mention this. 
Um, I think you were mentioning songs, uh, how we have songs of mentioning mm-hmm. America and stuff. And I, I was thinking about America the Beautiful in a second, for mm-hmm. a second. And I was like, yeah. how we think, right? We think, and what we've put onto this is we think of that one word, America the Beautiful, or sorry, that one phrase. However, throughout the song, and I, and I have the lyrics here, throughout the song, it, it speaks to God. It speaks about mm. God. Yeah. Um, throughout the song, some of the lyrics are, God shed his grace on thee. Um, another yeah. one is, God mend thine every f- flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. Hmm. Wow. Very strong there. And it's speaking yeah. to the fact, and we know that I was considering America the Beautiful thinking it was made during, it was created during the time of the Revolutionary War, that song. And wow. so it had, it had those types of connections to yeah. God that speaks yep. to our Christian nation. Yep. Oh, I'm yep. sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, that's not the song I'm thinking of. I, I was thinking of Star Spangled Banner at, at first. Yeah. I don't know exactly when uh, America the Beautiful was written. However, it, it does have uh, very interesting connections. Mm-hmm. But we'll, can, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> so when we don't remember where our blessings come from, we don't give credit to the one who does give us those blessings. There are literally hundreds of biblical passages about what follows. So read those, <clears throat> and then look out your window if you want a real-life example. <laughs> because here we are, right? Everything that's happening today. Now, we have a list. We have about 10 minutes left, so we'd like to go down the list and discuss some of these some of these repercussions and some of their roots, right? Again, in case you're new, that's our theme for this series, is America is sick, she's dying, and if something isn't done soon, she will completely die. Right, she needs to be fixed. So the poison, the poison is spreading. Yeah, and it's going it's to straight great. for the heart. Yep, and it's pretty obvious what you know that she's not doing well. It's pretty obvious mm-hmm. that she is very, very sick. Um, and, but how do you fix it? There are root causes, and then there are symptoms. We've given lots of examples before, but uh, if someone has a broken leg and uh, the bone is stuck through the skin. Yeah, blood loss is going to be an issue, right? So you have to address that. But ultimately, what do you have to actually fix? Broken leg. The bone, yeah. So you've got to solve the root cause while you're solving the symptom. It's a lot of work, but it needs to be done. And the root cause of these issues that we're about to discuss are our misplaced affections. We've said, no, we did this, not God. We're the reason for our, our blessings, right? All right, so here we go. Let's go down the list. First of all, uh, abortion. Abortion is top of that list. You cannot kill 60 million people and not have that make the top of the list, right? Mm -hmm. Of horrible, horrible things that we have done and are continuing to do. Our current events episode this week was on that um, brand new constitutional amendment in Ohio, despicable, evil, murderous amendment. We've now legalized the murder of millions, who knows how many babies in the state of Ohio. It's despicable. Yeah. And if you think God is okay with that, there's you've got another thing coming. Now, how did we get to that point? And how in the world does this 
connect with America's uh, idolatry for her prosperity, for the blessings God has given her. Well, what causes abortion? There are a lot of things, but one of the top reasons is inconvenience, right? Especially from the name of the institution that murders the babies, Planned Parenthood, right? One of the top institutions, uh, the baby mills. What is that name implying? That if it's not planned, it's, it's wrong, right? If you, oh no, we, this was unplanned. I made a stupid mistake, right? I did something I shouldn't have out of wedlock. And now the natural repercussion of that action is here. What do I do? This was unplanned. I'm going to be a parent. Well, civil government decided, oh, we are going to pretend we're God. And we're going to just let you murder that kid. And we'll actually do it for you. And we're going to call it planned parenthood. We're going to help you plan. We're going to say it's pro-choice. Look, look, look. You have a choice to murder your unborn child. Look at that. Aren't we so nice? Right? Why would someone ever in their right mind think that that was okay? Because they love their wealth so much. How in the world could someone be okay with calling their child an unplanned thing? That is something that has to be remedied, right? How in the world could you delude yourself to the point where that's something you can say? Well... A child is inconvenient to those of that mindset because what you have to take care of it. You're going to lose hours and hours and hours and hours of sleep, tons of sleep. You will lose tons of money. You will lose feeding that child tons of money. You will lose in buying a minivan. If you have more tons of money, you will lose in buying a different style of house, having a different lifestyle in general, buying more food, buying school books, buying this, buying that. My goodness. It's a whole commitment. I can't do this. It's not convenient for me. So America's love of prosperity has caused her to sacrifice her children and murder 60 plus million of her children because of her idolatry. And that's just the top of the list. Jake, yeah. anything you want to add or should we move on to the next one? Um. No, I think that was well stated. If I may take the next one on the list and continue on. Go for it. Um, this one is similar to the abortion issue, and that would be a lack of love for children. It mm. seems very similar, but there is a distinction. The fact of if, if they do have those children, what do they then do with them? I know Bruce linked in, and uh, I think uh, this is our Christian mindset pushing its way in, but in a worldly mindset, what do you do with those children? Bruce was mentioning buying school books. They don't need mm. to buy school books. They mm. send them off for someone else to take care of them for free. Yeah. For free, because the government pays for it. Mm -hmm. Where does that money come from? That's a whole other issue. Um, so, then, <clears throat> that exactly shows the lack of love for the children that even are born. The children that even are born are sent away and they don't care about them because because yeah. it would totally inconvenience them for them to have to teach them. 
Now that is one income that they don't have of a two income household. That is an income that they don't have. Yep. It, yep. It's hard. If that is very hard to live trying to have one income in, in this certain economy. Yeah. And so, that right there is a misconstruing of where the blessing comes from, right? Mm-hmm. They're thinking the income, the money, the blessings mm-hmm. come from me. Me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't work. If I don't do that, then I don't get that money, right? Because yeah. that comes from me. Instead, what they don't realize is that comes from God, right? Yeah. Do not worry what you shall eat, yeah. what you shall drink, what you will so wear. Heavenly Father knows what you need before you even ask of him, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things, food, clothing, money, housing, will be added unto you. Yeah. And it's completely reversed. Oh, we can't do that. We might lose, you know, might lose money, uh, might do this. Oh, this this could happen uh, because ultimately who's in charge, right? Me. (laughs) Yeah. They've Mm -hmm. elevated themselves to the position of the Godhead. Yeah. So... All right, I know five minutes left. <clears throat> oh, so we we can go to the last point. We we do mention here major political decline because again yep. they want money and this has caused them to Corruption. want to take yeah take from other people what yep. you know, yeah and we can go into that at a different point. But yep. this last one, and I will let Bruce take this, but this last one is vitally important because I know Bruce yep. has been itching to get at this this entire episode (laughs) so yeah go ahead Bruce this is the reason um that I originally moved to South Dakota and didn't even know it this is the reason I left South Dakota this is the reason um so many people are moving and unfortunately this is the reason why so many people aren't when they should be because they just don't know it's pastors Pastors, the people who lead the church, the pillar and ground of truth. Now, pastors today believe that it is their job to keep as many people in the in the in the seats of the church as possible. Why? Because if there are more people in the seats of the church, they get more money, right? They are blessed financially and with help. Right, take care of the building, help with this, help with that, right? This network, lots of lots of different benefits that come with that, right? And those are good benefits if the affection for those benefits is ordered correctly, right? Now, if they preach a sermon that people don't like because it calls them to live differently, and that's just not convenient with my lifestyle, right? Like it's way more convenient for me to not homeschool my children than it is to uh, actually have to take responsibility for my own kids. Why in the world would the pastor preach on that? If all he cares about is money and keeping those seats warm, he's going to say, no, I'm not going to preach on that. That will cause too many waves. And people really can just figure that out on their own, right? They can, they can learn those things on their own and let's just hope they do, you know? And so, How will they learn without a preacher? Amen. Amen. And that is the issue with so many pulpits today. 
So mm-hmm. many theologically accurate pulpits today do not preach their theological accuracy that calls people to action because ah, that would just make waves and I can't do that. What are they saying? What they are showing and displaying right there is a lack of faith. What they are saying and displaying right there is my paycheck depends upon me. And if I say those things, if I call people to live biblically, they may not like that so much. If I call them to get involved in society, to quit their job and find a better one where they can live according to the Bible every day of the week, or if I call them to build Christian businesses, if I call them to Christianize the city right outside our doors, they might get overwhelmed and think that's too much work or think we're trying to take too much dominion or whatever. So many excuses people give today. I can't keep up with them all. So it's just better if I don't, I don't say any of those things. They'll stay in the church. They'll be happy. I'll prick their hearts every once in a while with a slightly convicting message about some obscure sin. Hopefully that'll cut it. And then uh, they can keep giving me money. Right? Horrible. And yet that comprises the majority of churches in America. And that is why we are in the situation we are today. Because when the pillar and ground of truth is corrupted, and that is corruption, it crumbles. And what happens to the central, what happens if the central pillar of a house crumbles? Whole thing goes down. And here we are. All right, we are at time. Jake, any quick 20 to 30 second thoughts you want to throw in before we wrap up? <clean> Just, we, we, we're talking about prosperity. Yep. This means more than just money. And I kind of started out the show when uh, I was mentioning it before that prosperity is the growth of everything. It is the growth of your crops, growth of food, growth of trade, growth of economics being one of them but growth of people and and creating more people. And with that, God works through physical means. And all of these are through a physical mean because we have hated God's law. We now are killing off our people Mm. through abortion. Yeah. We now hate our people and we are hurting them through our major major political decline. And th- as you were mentioning before, Bruce, in the pre-show, that the that the pastors are their solution to their problem of of more money, needing more money, is losing them money. Mm. What they want to do, what they're doing, is not getting them more money. It's losing yeah. them money yes. in the long run. Yep. Amen. Yeah, that's a great correlation. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for watching or listening today. Um, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. You can send all your uh, um, caps lock uh, emails there and uh, yell at us all the live long day. Um, trdshow.net is our show website. Send us a message at the bottom of the homepage or you can watch our series. This episode will eventually be in there sometime next week. Um, but the, the rest of the uh, America's Poisoned Heart episodes are in the Americans, America's Poisoned Heart series on our website. So you can check those out uh, if you want to get caught up. We've also got all of our Paradise Restored uh, videos in there right now. So you can watch those. 
lots of stuff to watch. So thanks again. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on Monday when we're back once again. We're not back on Monday. I keep forgetting. Uh, I think we're taking a break on Monday just because things are crazy and I'm traveling and all this stuff. But we'll be back on Wednesday. We'll sort that out. Social media. Watch out for a social media post, everyone. <laughs> and uh, until then, have a great rest of your weekend. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>